I can get a scheduled appointment, and it says you must be in central or northern Mexico to accept and schedule an appointment. So if I'm coming from China or Africa or whatever country in the world, I got to get my plane ticket to Mexico and then schedule my appointment so I can come into a port of entry. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, I just came home from physical therapy today um, in a bit of pain because of that. Uh, rode my bike there. I've uh, been doing a little bit of riding recently. Did 30 miles on Saturday. Um, gorgeous weather here today in Chicagoland. Uh, it's, it's three things that never happen at the same time weather-wise here. Uh, it's the temperatures in the like mid sixties. Uh, it's low humidity, which is extremely rare on its own. And there's only a slight breeze. So it's like perfect cycling weather. <laughs> like we hit the trifecta. Um, so, and everyone else is out riding around too. And, you know, I, I, there's like this, we have this elevated rails to trails thing called the 606. It used to be like a freight rail line. And now it's like, it's just, it's like three and a half mile long pedestrian cycling thing. It's where I crashed <laughs> and got and got hurt, but it's, I use it to commute to get to a lot of places. It's really convenient um, based on where I live and where my physical therapy uh, office is. And I'm riding and I'm just, you know, kind of like, you know, you kind of just gaze upon other people's bikes. You're kind of bike watching like, oh, the guy's riding by and you're like, oh, let's get on that thing, you know? Um, and I see this guy that almost like, like he's in like, kind of looks like me almost, but like an older version, you know, and, yep. and probably like in his mid fifties. Right. And you ever see somebody who's just like in their mid fifties and you just know their favorite band is tool because <laughs> they're wearing a tool shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of band shirts out there but when you're in your 50s wearing a tool shirt that's your favorite band i can i just know that is his favorite band that is it <laughs> and that's probably like he probably likes a lot of other bands but that's probably the only band shirt he wears there's something about the tool t-shirt that yeah i don't know no <laughs> nothing, it's right not against them i i mean i'm not like a huge tool fan but like i just i see I don't see people in their 50s wearing any other band shirt except for tool maybe jimmy buffett that's yeah it. Yeah, which is very like the two like the spectrum of people in their fifties, <laughs> like Tool fans and Jimmy Buffett fans. Like, yeah, oh my god, never, never the Twain shall meet. But oh um, god, you couldn't gun to my head, you would not find me inside of a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> I go to Margaritaville. I like their uh, <laughs> they got pretty good food. But other than that, are the margaritas yeah. good in Margaritaville? Yeah, I, my wife got one when we went to uh, Margaritaville at Mohegan Sun. Not that good. Dude, you know, you think that would be like the one thing that would be like, oh my god, these fucking margaritas are awesome. It's like, yeah, not that good. Could get a better, better like apple piece, which is yeah. not really much praise, you know. 
you ever see the photos from like um i forget where it was but it was like some shitty chain that's all over the country and, and they were just it was like a like a 10 gallon bucket on the floor it, and that was where they were like mixing their margaritas oh god <laughs> which is uh, not like that's a illegal health code violation oh for yeah one. yeah for sure but also just like shows you the level of like just here you go america <laughs> here here's your high fructose corn syrup <laughs> just, and know, rum right no it, it, it's just just it's uh, you know I, I i can't stand him but the one funny line bill maher ever had in stand up was he basically it was something to the effect of like Amer- as americans we shop we we shop with a forklift like nothing we do is fucking you know when you go to like like bjs or whatever like we just complete fucking excess no, seriously um, but yeah so uh, here on the East Coast, it is uh, not a nice day out. <laughs> well, actually, today was actually a little bit better, but the, the past couple of days here have been a fucking nightmare. You've been um, you've been uh, living the the um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So it's not quite as bad here in Connecticut as it is in New York, but it definitely like two. What's today? One Wednesday. Monday was was pretty fucking close. Like the sky was legit fucking orange, like all day, like just. Mm-hmm. really bizarre like cannot fucking breathe it just smelled like burning fucking tires even though it's like you know trees i don't know why for whatever reason it smells like tires when i it- mean probably because you have all that extra particulate pollution from the smoke that you know then clings on to right you know, all the other horrible shit in the atmosphere that we typically right. are kind of sort of not breathing in because it's a little it doesn't fall as low in the atmosphere typically yeah than, well yeah. it's you know why uh diesel exhaust is so much more carcinogenous than other uh pollutants is because the particles are just smaller and mm. more of it gets into your bloodstream right it's like there's there's like chemical physics to it yeah, <laughs> so no, that makes sense yeah i'm, I'm um, sure whatever the, the smoke was coming through was picking up all kinds of other shit along with it Oh yeah, I mean, you could not be outside for any significant period of time. Like even just 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 walking from my car to my fucking job, I was uncomfortable. So I can't even imagine people that have to like work outside and shit like that. You should um, drive your forklift from your car to your job, so you don't have to ever <laughs> right. step step foot on the ground. But you're still kind of outside with a forklift. You got you just got the little window in front of you, but you still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, some of our we actually have that one of those forklifts that has like the fucking seat and like the cat. It's pretty legit. But uh, other than that, they're all the fucking stand on forklifts. That you mean at in. your work? You don't personally own a? No, I you correct. I don't own a fleet of forklifts <laughs> personally. But. So you get that the forklift and you use that to pick your car up, and then you back it out of the garage, and then you set it down been, in the I've street. I've been begging them for for like a year to teach me the to certify me as forklift certified because. It looks so fucking cool, but I don't understand the physics of of the stand up ones. They have like a joy, like what looks like almost like a fucking like a joystick on the left hand side, like a toggle mm-hmm. that I think you go back and forth with, and then on the right or in the middle right is like a wheel that has like a knob on an end of the wheel, and you're supposed to kind of like spin the. I don't fuck it. It, it seems really fucking confusing to try to operate, but. All, um, all I know about forklifts is from watching compilations on YouTube of forklift warehouse disasters. Oh, where, people <laughs> crashing into the racks and taking the entire thing down. Like yeah. the entire warehouse <laughs> collapsing because of oh, one it's, fucking it's, little bump. Which and it totally it, it's it's it terrifies me every day to think about that when I walk through the stacks because it is a fucking total house of cards because they are all interconnected. So you know structurally one of those things goes down, it's just going to be a the loudest and like most fucking calamitous thing you've ever seen you know 
Yeah, so. I mean, I've, I've never personally been in a warehouse quite like that, but I have been to Ikea, which is pretty much the same thing. So. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like, no legit, legitimately. And, and even like if you go to fucking BJ's or Costco, I mean, it's basically set up the exact same way as any right. warehouse in, like a, in a fucking manufacturing place. Um, But yeah, so no, it, it's fucking horrible here. Uh, thanks a lot, Canada. But no, obviously, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But it, it's it's um, yeah, no, it's brutal. So hopefully this fucking clears up soon. I don't know. I, I saw something about how it's going to kind of linger around until they put the fire out, which uh, is not great news because that's typically very hard to do with wildfires. Um, I mean, it's also, you know, it's not like the, the mountains above L.A. This is pretty remote areas. Canada is, you know, <laughs> has a lot of trees and a lot of wilderness. So, but yeah, I mean, that's climate change, you know, like I saw somebody who said like, it's not even, it hasn't even been that dry or hot yet this year. It's like, that's not what climate is. <laughs> I was going to say that it's just dry in general. It's fucking dry and hot. It's right. becoming like, it, it, there's no this year. Like They don't, uh, people don't understand that climate is not it, it's over the course of years it's like the rainfall and the temperature over the course of years that's what climate is it's not just hey what's the weather out today right but you know we're scientifically illiterate in this country right. but well speaking yeah. of scientifically illiterate one of the the biggest pieces of shit <laughs> of all time fucking died uh today so you know some good news to come out of <laughs> come out of the week uh and just in time for pride month so you know perfect timing uh, Pat Robertson, of course, famous, uh, just, you know, fucking goofy looking Muppet uh, that that that's been on television since, you know, your grandma was a child, uh, died today uh, at like fucking thousand years. I don't even know how old he was. 93. Like 90, 93. 93. Okay. Yeah, yeah of course. He, all the, he just looked like a dried up fucking prune of hatred, you know, like for, when he, when he forever, would... like for like 30 years. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like. Just, just the, the worst posture you've ever seen in your life. Like his head's just like bare. It, it really looks like if you like tapped it in the back, like it would roll off of his fucking neck. Like it just <laughs> always was, was kind of like dangling, but beneath his fucking like crooked, evil looking shoulders. But so he looks like a South Park character. He really, in real he, life. he really like his <laughs> his feet physically. That's why I said Muppet at first. Like he did not look yeah. like a normal human. Like I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know if it was the hate that fucking was just ate, like curling his spine like a fucking, you know. It's always the um, hate, yeah. No, but, yeah, so he, I mean, he had just some of, like, the craziest fucking biblical conspiracy theories. Like, every, you know, 9-11 was because of the gays, you know, like, that was God smut, you know, yeah. just, just the I have, I have a little bit of a, conde- a, a condensed list. It's not by Do any you? means comprehensive, but, yeah, I'll go through a couple of them because it's pretty Please. hilarious. Um, This is a guy that's on fairly that's fairly mainstream has been on television you know all our lives um but these are some of the things that he's he's said or believes or says he believes um yeah he called hinduism and islam uh, demonic and satanic that's pretty you know standard with the territory right. uh shortly after 9-11 he blamed the terrorist attacks on the pagans the abortionists and the feminists the gays and the lesbians oh so, the, the the whole cabal i was gonna say he's inclusive <laughs> at least you know yeah he didn't blame trans people for uh for 9-11 at least that's he nice. probably didn't know what trans people were yeah, back i was gonna so. say that, no. wasn't, that wasn't in vogue on the right at the time um he implied that hurricane katrina was uh god's punishment for abortion so that's that's nice um sure all the all the fucking super uh religious con- you know christians in, in in new orleans love that one uh let's see uh in 2010 after the haiti earthquake that killed over a hundred thousand people 
Um, he said that Haiti's founders brought the earthquake on themselves because they declared independence from France. Oh, so great. He's just a fucking colonist piece of shit on top of just being a wait, 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 religious what, fundamentalist. What, earthquake in what year? 2010. So God just waited <laughs> 170. <laughs> waited like a, okay, was that was the, the 1830s was when they. No, it was was what year was that? Haitian Revolution. Um, we talked about it on the on our. Um, well, it had the, to have been. Lord it it podcast, probably but. had to have been because I mean, if it inspired John Brown, it had to have been in like the eighteen. Yeah, it was very early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, so God um, just waited around for uh, almost two hundred years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to no, smite the Haitians for their. Uh, yeah, God's got nothing but time. Um, he's got to just have like, he, I mean, he's got writers on that show or he had writers on that show. Like, he, I'm sure he didn't come up with all this on his own. So they must have been know, like, man. some of these people, you know, just, just, you know, it, the, this this random seismic event happened because of and then you just like pick a name out of a hat. Uh, <laughs> oh, there, there's some more good ones in here. All right. So, yeah. Uh, after always after fucking horrible tragic events he loves to blame them on things that are totally unrelated to be just the biggest piece of shit uh all right so after the wisconsin Sikh shooting you know at the Sikh uh temple or i i, or I don't even know if it was like a facility it was some sort of cultural center i think yeah I think there was a Sikh cultural center but um he blamed it on atheists <laughs> that's that's interesting and people huh. who hate god um the shooter, of course, in that situation was a white supremacist uh, with ties to neo-Nazis. Um, let's say, let's see, in 2017, the Vegas shooting, you know, the biggest mass shooting in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, the fault of uh, NFL players taking a knee before anthems. Uh, before oh, the games. really? <laughs> and uh, disrespecting President Donald Trump. So that 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 was that was to blame it, for that. It, it wasn't because all those people were country music fans. That wasn't the reason. <laughs> yeah, no, who fucking knows what the hell that was all about. Um, <laughs> that was one of the like. That's so I, weird. I, I know. That was like the, I remember when that happened, it was like the middle of the, because, you know, most mass shootings happen like in the middle of the day and that one happened at fucking night. So yeah. it was like the, the you, we couldn't get a lot of news about it, but it was like the, the extent of it was just unreal, you know, and all the pictures of the fucking drunk rednecks at the concert, like stand there, like flipping off the shooter from <laughs> thousands of feet away, like... <laughs> I dare you to shoot me now. You're like, <laughs> I it just, yeah. And, and I, I did a lot of research on that one too. And, and it was, you know, there was no motive other than that. He wanted to beat the record. He wanted to, to shoot more people than anyone in history. And he figured out exactly where and when to do it so that nobody could stop him. Right. And yeah. yeah. And I remember hearing that, like the, I remember hearing the sound of it and I was like, that's, those are fully automatic weapons. Those are not, that's not uh yeah, whatever bump stock thing. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, oh, not to get sidetracked. Sorry. No, no, no. This, this one's fucking wild that he said this and that nobody punched him in the face. <laughs> like he's never around black people. Uh, Claim the critical race theory gave people of color, quote, the whip handle over white people. So that's a nice one. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not the whole whip, just the handle. Yeah, um, man, that's right. what a fucking just not even dog whistle. I don't even know what that is. It's just straight up racist. Uh, when a man called into a shitty show asking what he should do about uh, his wife, who was not, res- quote, not respecting him, <laughs> Pat Robertson told him that his wife was a, quote, rebellious child who, quote, uh, who wouldn't, quote, submit to any authority. Uh, he jokingly suggested that he move to Saudi Arabia so he could beat her. 
Uh, mm. Yeah, great guy. Um, yeah. Saudi Arabia, full of Christians. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a bunch of other little things, but yeah, I mean, just what a fucking piece of garbage this fucking guy. Just yeah. his whole life. Um, good riddance. Good, good riddance. fucking riddance. Um, <laughs> I laugh every time at the meme of the uh, of death playing the the fucking claw game. <laughs> it's like, yeah. is, is Henry Kissinger even in this thing? Like, oh, I know. I love there's that. A new, <laughs> there's a new like head pump. Like I, uh, I saw a couple out. versions of that meme today. Yeah, and one <laughs> one was like, oh man, that's not Kissinger. Oh well, Pat Robertson. All right, yeah, I'll take right, it. Right, pretty good. Yeah. You know? But fucking, I mean, motherfucker is a hundred years old. When the fuck is he gonna die? Like, what the fuck? I, I don't understand how he can hang on just out of pure spite for this long. It's 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 the it's blood. Fucking wild. It's, it's it's the blood machine. They they take be. the fucking the little the youngest DC interns. They have to donate <laughs> a pint of blood each every every week to keep Henry Kissinger alive. Yeah, it's just like constant oil changes, but. Um, yeah, he, uh, he had some fucking party at the museum of natural history, some, you know, big hullabaloo invite only hundredth birthday party at the, at the museum of natural history in New York city. Oh, I swear to God. Um, which Jimmy is a Carter, fucking yeah. museum, but you know, J- Jimmy Carter's on in hospice care, but he's been in hospice care for like months now, apparently. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm just <laughs> like, I, I just want Jimmy Carter to live longer than Kissinger. Oh man. Just, just for purely comic any, reasons. If there's any cosmic justice in the universe, he'll outlive him by like a day that that would be the the ideal like like because the dude probably could use some rest at this point jimmy <laughs> carter but like come on just hang on for a oh, day no. longer than fucking kiss me there was a, just a, a onion headline a couple weeks ago that said uh the headline was jimmy carter gets vasectomy reversed <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, all right um so I, I had a um, a funny thing that I ran across. Uh, well, not funny, but like I sort of revealing um, speaks to character kind of a thing. But I saw somebody had uh, made sort of a meme about police brutality using some uh, Frank Miller artwork. Uh, Frank Miller did um, Sin City, Sin City um, Three Hundred uh, uh, Returns, which is a great yeah, fucking Batman comic, yeah. despite him being a shithead, fucking right wing piece of shit. Right. So I, I was I, I was kind of like, I, I feel so this is like the, the, the artwork itself was like a cop beating a protester on the ground with a baton. And I, I couldn't remember exactly what it was about Miller that it was bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Or He's, problematic. Yeah. But I, I Googled it. And one of the first things I found was um, Alan Moore, <laughs> who did The Watchmen. <laughs> Utterly shredding him for being an outright fascist. Oh yeah. So this is just a couple lines here, but this is this was from an interview with Alan Moore, and this I mean the guy's you know the closest thing to pure good there can be. Uh, Moore spoke after Miller launched an attack on the Occupy movement, describing it as quote nothing but a pack of louts, thieves, and rapists, an unruly mob fed by Woodstock era nostalgia and putrid false righteousness. On his blog last month. This is this article's from like 2012, I'm guessing. Yeah, I was going to say, probably. Uh, asked by British independent publisher Honest Publishing for his thoughts, Moore said that he and Miller, quote, have diametrically opposing views on all sorts of things, but certainly upon the Occupy movement. Moore described the uh, the worldwide anti-capitalism protest as, quote, a completely justified howl of moral ra- outrage and said that... Uh, uh, and said they had been, quote, handled in a very intelligent, nonviolent way, which is probably another reason why Frank Miller would be less than pleased with it. <laughs> Moore predicted 
more predicted that, quote, if it had been a bunch of young sociopathic vigilantes with Batman makeup on their faces, Miller would be in favor of it. (laughs) That's great. Um, Alan Moore also responsible for one of the great fucking Batman comics of all time. So are there are responsible for the two greatest, arguably two greatest Batman, like, you know, graphic novels of all time. Alan Moore famously wrote The Killing Joke, which is great but also has like a little bit of problematic stuff in it and you know like uh but but you I, know it, it, they're both yeah. of their time in the 80s i mean that's it, i heard know. that the cartoon version of that was the real problematic thing but the book well, it, itself it, was not as much it's just like the whole like or the, or the you, way it's handled yeah i don't know i mean it, it was of its time it, it it probably didn't raise any red flags at the time but there's like a famous scene where the joker rapes uh batgirl in that story in that uh book and then like you know shows pictures of it to batman basically to like mentally break it's it's fucked up and he also cripples there that's why she's in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. it's a pretty fucking but again other than that great comic (laughs) but well uh, i mean there it's not like there wasn't sexual assault in Watchmen either you know i mean right that's what i mean it's again it was just not I don't think it was treated as maybe sensitively as it should have been until maybe more modern times, which, you know, that shit just happens with all pop culture. But um, just the actual pathos of of Batman and the Joker in The Killing Joke is incredible and written at like a a film level of, you know, like just the interactions between them, the sort of psychology behind Mm -hmm. the characters um yeah i mean i never read any of those books personally um and when i was back in my comic book phase i was you know it was all like fucking x-men that was it yeah for the most part like early 90s chris claremont x-men yeah Yeah, yeah. um well i mean it was it was like jim lee when he came out of x-men that changed everything and everyone was trying to copy him but he was just he was the best illustrator there was and then when he left when he jumped uh ship from marvel and helped uh launch image comics that's kind of where i went from there and then right. eventually i was just spending too much money on all of it and i was they were just yeah, taking up more and more space same and then exact thing happened to me I was like, right and then i got a driver's license and started getting laid so i was just like all right <laughs> no more money on comic books right. I, got, I got enough i got enough right. um, um plus the quality started to really go downhill where it was just it's it, like they they you know like the, there was so much going into the artwork at the time that like they couldn't even keep up with a monthly schedule and then like some of the best artists just like quit <laughs> to right. to go work on video games and then you know it kind of just fell apart but and the rob liefelds of the world took over and just started fucking drawing people with torsos three times the size of their waists and- oh yeah we've talked about this before too but it was like it, it was you know the, the the body proportions of the women was it was like uh, you're, they were just drawing sex dolls yeah, <laughs> at that yeah. point and i'm like i know you're trying to sell books to horny teenagers but like come on <laughs> let's but- have some sense here but I mean, the thing with about Alan Moore that's funny, and again, maybe it's because he wrote The Dark Knight Returns in 1986, and you know, maybe he was a lot less shitty in his fucking younger days, and then he became you know later in life. But it, the the thing that's great about that comic uh, is that it basically it is all about how Superman's a fascist, and he's like in that comic, Superman is basically Homelander, like he's like the 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 fucking forward uh, you know like he's the I'm, i don't know what the word but like he like the president uses him basically president nixon who who's still president like however <laughs> like like 11 years after you know the watergate would have been or whatever um is it like uses him uh basically as like to do whatever the u.s foreign policy bidding is 
So he's um, like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan, but he's, you know, just a lot of Homelander undertones and like right. the whole, that's the whole point of that comic is like Batman realizes he's a fucking monster and needs to be killed. Um, and that's sort of like the, they, Zach, uh, what's his face? Zach Snyder tried to adapt it really shittily in Batman v Superman, the whole like mm-hmm. where he creates like the, the fucking mech suit and the, you know, the kryptonite bullets and shit like that. So it's that, that was basically panel for panel just way fucking darker and dingier and less interesting uh from dark knight but yeah no it's it's, it's a good book but it's so you know if people people change though as they get older in life and you know tell shittier stories but anyway yeah. um well speaking of fascists we should talk about some um real life fascists uh that the new york times has spent um this week defending um so i don't fuck i don't have the headline of this but uh oh okay now i do i do i do so now i don't have the headline what the fuck what is wrong with me i forgot the headline anyway there was an op-ed new york times uh famous for defending hitler (laughs) back in the 1920s um but it's considered to be the liberal paper of record um so this is just like the uh, I have you, it. You, you have the headline. <laughs> it's uh, Nazi symbols on Ukraine's front lines highlight thorny issues of history. <laughs> Those thorny Nazis. Tro- the subheader is great too. Troops, u- troops' use of patches bearing Nazi emblems risks fueling Russian propaganda and spreading imagery that the West <laughs> has spent a half a century trying to eliminate. <laughs> they keep being Nazis. That's just feeding into the narrative that Russia said that there's Nazis. <laughs> like. We can't. Why do they keep proving that that, no, and that it's propaganda. propaganda is true? Right, right. Forget the fact that it's in every photo that's officially released in the Ukraine. But you know, it, it's. I mean, literally, it's like they, they can't they can't hide it because it's everywhere. Every single one of these fuckers has something on there, and people are you know finally realizing like it's not just swastikas. It's you know it's the fucking trident. It's the fucking um, you know the 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 SS double lightning bolt. You know, like, I mean, the, the Azov Battalion's emblem is a combination of three different Nazi symbols. It, it's like, can we make this even more fucking Nazi than a swastika, that, it, that, yeah. that logo, basically? So I'm going to read just some of the most ridiculous paragraphs from this thing. So whoever wrote this, this is this is like a, a master class on using passive voice to, to excuse the inexcusable. Uh, and just just to frame things, you know, to, to try to rebrand it as much as possible. Like this is just PR for Nazis. OK, the photographs and their deletions. Hi, because apparently, like NATO posted another fucking picture that they had to delete. <laughs> this is happening more. Uh, the photographs and their deletions highlight the Ukrainian military's complicated relationship with Nazi imagery, a complicated relationship. What is complicated about it? A relationship forged under both Soviet and German occupation during World War II. Forged during Soviet occupation. They were, Ukraine was a member state of the Soviet Union. That's not an occupation. (laughs) That's just fucking absurd that they would call that an, that's like, oh, oh, you know how America is occupying the uh, sovereign territory of West Virginia? (laughs) Right. Ukraine has worked for years through legislation and military uh, restructuring to contain a far, or, or uh, sorry, contain a fringe far right movement whose members proudly wear symbols steeped in Nazi history and espouse views hostile to leftists, LGBT2, LGBTQ movements, and ethnic minorities. So they're they're wearing the symbols because they're Nazis. <laughs> 
they're espousing views hostile to leftists, gay people, and ethnic minorities. That is what a Nazi is, okay? And, and the notion that they've worked through legislation to curtail that is flatly untrue. Completely. I, I read this whole other thread of the guy, Dean Bunkley. It's Bunkiness. literally the fucking meme we have about, like, oh, if only the Germans had, had you know, vote, tried to vote Hitler out of power. Like, it's fucking preposterous to think that that's... No, no. No, yeah, I mean, this is... They, they folded the Nazi far-right fringe Nazi battalions into their National Guard. Yep. Okay? They, they're not... It's not some private mercenary band out there doing whatever. It's part of the... Why do you think they make a fucking appearance every time that Zelensky makes an appearance, like, standing over his shoulder? Like, they, they that's right. fucking very obvious symbolism of, like, you better fucking do what we want you to do, or, uh, you know, maybe we'll find someone else that will. Like, that's, yeah. you know, despite the fact that they're only, like, 6% of the country voted for... Doesn't fucking matter. They're running the fucking country. Like that. That's right. The re, you know, it, it's preposterous to think otherwise. So it goes on here. The iconography of these groups, including a skull and crossbones patch worn by concentration camp guards, as a symbol known as uh, and a symbol known as the Black Sun, now appears with some regularity on the uniforms of soldiers fighting on the front line, including soldiers who say the imagery symbolizes Ukrainian sovereignty and pride, not Nazism. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe a problem there. Um, maybe yeah. a problem there. Yeah. I can't think of any other flags where people try to make that argument in the short term that threatens to reinforce Mr. Putin's propaganda and giving fuel to his false claims that Ukraine must be denazified. <laughs> uh, why is that a why false that, claim? Do you not agree? Even if there are like 50 Nazis in Ukraine that they would, you... that they should be denazified, like a position that ignores the fact that Ukraine's president, Voldemort Volinsky is Jewish. <laughs> that, that there you go. Always oh, that fucking trope again. G- guess who else was Jewish? Hitler. So fuck off. Right. The, the entire country can't have any Nazis because one guy isn't a Nazi. Right. Right. Okay. And and you know that's again it's just Bernie Sanders automatically is sexist because he's a man and you know obviously it, it's just it's that 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 type of just find somebody to put in a position or to rail against who has no, you know, fucking defense because of of just something they have no control over. But, you know, it's just fucking preposterous. More broadly, Ukraine's ambivalence about these symbols and sometimes even its acceptance of them risks giving new mainstream light to icons that the West has spent more than half a century trying to eliminate. Uh, I, the, the West has. I, I haven't seen. Yeah, that. We, we we did a real good job eliminating them by integrating them into NASA, the Defense Department, uh, every level of our government immediately after World War II. We really eliminated uh, the threat of the Nazis. We had a I forget the name of the of the operation. but We had like a 30 year long operation of, of, of the CIA Paper, directly funding the most far right fringe uh, militias in Ukraine no, deliberately no, 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 no. to disrupt the uh disrupt the soviet union you still got me yeah yeah no i was saying i I thought you were talking about operation paperclip at first but that was just the 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 space program but yeah no that's that's a different thing yeah Uh, i have a whole thread on that somewhere else too but it's like something forest something with a tree or a forest (laughs) (laughs) right fuck somebody's yelling into the thing but yeah 
Even Jewish groups and anti-hate organizations that have traditionally called out hateful symbols have stayed largely silent. I wonder why. Privately, some leaders have worried about being seen as embracing Russian propaganda talking points. Again, it's not propaganda if it's true. And they know it's true. Do so they what, know the definition of that word? Like, you can't just say that when it's something you don't like. That's not what propaganda means. Right. I mean, it's. It, I mean, there's just, you know, kind of like the Soviet version of propaganda, just like putting up a poster of, you know, like families working on a farm together and being happy. Like, that's, I mean, that, that, is that what they mean by propaganda? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, or, or people of multiple races getting along together and raising children together, like all those that propaganda. Yep. Um, let's see. Questions over how to interpret interpret such symbols are as divisive as they are persistent. No, there's no there's no questions over how to interpret interpret Nazi imagery and symbols currently being worn. There's there's no question over how to interpret that. Um. So, uh, again, questions on how to interpret such symbols are as divisive as they are persistent, and not just in the Ukraine. In the American South, some have insisted that today the Confederate flag symbolizes pride and not its history of racism and secession. But they're, they're letting that be the argument. They're, yeah. they're, the New York Times, the, the paper of record for the you know biggest city in, in America, is making the argument that the Confederate flag, it's okay to consider that just to be Southern pride. Yeah, no, that's, absolutely. A, that's their argument. I'm sure the liberals that read the New York Times fucking love that one. <laughs> Actually, I mean, oh. at this point, they don't give a fuck. But this is why there's no names on who writes the op-eds at the New York no, Times. Of course. Because if there was, there'd be fucking people coming after their heads. Right. Um, and then it, this paragraph concludes, the swastika was an important Hindu symbol before it was co-opted by the Nazis. Oh, my God. They really fucking went there. <laughs> they, they really, really went there. It's, I mean, you, you know, if you that's walk literally by. literally the fucking Nazi apologist fucking like line about like. I, I, this is this is the New York Times. This is what they do. Ukraine has suffered greatly under the Soviet government that engineered a famine and killed millions. Many they're calling about they're talking about the Holdemore, which is was also a fucking a, a famine that the Nazis tried to say was engineered on purpose, which it was not. Right. Um, many Ukrainians initially viewed the Nazis as liberators, right? Because they were also Nazis. The yes. OUN, the OUN was rounding Jews up for, for the Nazis before they even entered the country. They were literally collaborators and they were doing it on their own as like a, Hey, pick me kind of thing. Exactly. Before the Nazis and we, got there and, you know, and, and who formed the OUN fucking Steven Bandera, who is a national hero in Ukraine. So Vladimir uh, Zelensky's biggest self-professed right. biggest political influence. This isn't, um, this isn't like like Germany where there's national shame for what they did in World right. War II. This is something that they are celebrating today in Ukraine. Okay, so so when you when you absurdly say that this is propaganda, but you have to fucking hide every example of it that's, that's existing in the real world, that should tell you who you really work for. Yep. Three more paragraphs here. Factions from the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists and its insurgent army fought alongside the Nazis in what they viewed as a struggle for Ukrainian sovereignty. Members of those groups also took part in atrocities against Jewish and Polish civilians. Ooh, I, what atrocities were they? What, 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 was the, what was the name of those atrocities? What was the name of the atrocities? In I'm, times? Sure, I'm sure it wasn't historically significant or any sort of major. Does it, does it start with a capital letter H? It was so awful that it's the only Holocaust that we call the Holocaust. Does it rhyme with permafrost? It's like, oh yeah, God. I could think of another word than rhyme with the Holocaust. But I, close yeah, enough. That's, that's close good. Enough. It's creative. I like that. <laughs> so then here's, here's what they go into fucking full PR mode. Right. <sighs> 
Units like the Da Vinci Wolves, the better known Azov Regiment, and others that began with far-right members, have been folded into the Ukrainian military and have been instrumental in defending Ukraine from Russian troops. Well, there you go. I guess Nazis are good then. I was going to say, I can think of another group of far-right militants who had a pretty good success, at least early on, against Russian troops. Uh, Maybe not the people you want to emulate, but... The Azov Regiment was celebrated after holding out during the siege of the southern city of uh, Maripol last year. After the commander of the Da Vinci Wolves was killed in March, he received a hero's funeral, which Mr. Zelensky attended. So, just... Well, they're heroes. That's there. There you go. They're they're heroes, according to the New York Times. What? Yes. And what do you call a country that uh, treats Nazi militias as heroes? Uh, I think you could maybe consider them Nazis. Like, is that really that far of a fucking stretch for the New York Times to 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 you know a, a leap for them to make? And the thing is, like, they, they they know exactly what they're doing. They are putting this out there so that people who, you know, support Biden and, you know, just been trained their whole life to hate Russia so that they have their talking points at the, you know, family dinner table so they can say, well, yes, they're Nazis, but we have to, you know, they're, they're our allies right now against Putin. And as everyone knows, Putin stole the presidency from Hillary Clinton. Right. Of course. So. You know, right. all bets are off. Literally anything that they want, that they need to do to fucking pay him back for that. Un, you know, I, I just, I can't fucking, I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Oh, this is another little tidbit here. That's, that's all I have for the New York Times piece. But another bit on, um, on, on Ukraine, who apparently is a bastion of democracy, uh, according to NATO. Um, this is from a totally separate article, but uh, journalists covering uh, sorry journalists covering the Russian invasion of Ukraine are engaged in a running low grade conflict with the Ukrainian government, which many believe uses access and accreditation to shape their stories. And the the some guy tweeted that that quote from from the thing says uh, I can't stop thinking about this buried lead on Ukraine's government trying to compel foreign journalists to submit to lie detector tests. To prove they their loyalty. (laughs) If any other regime did this to Western journalists, it would be front page news. Here, silence. Yeah, yeah, no, literally anything is excusable. When you get to the point of complete like Nazi apology, like you're, there's nothing that's inexcusable at that point. So I, I just. You know, again, everything that's always been said historically about the New York Times and people are like, man, I can't believe they used to defend Hitler. Um, have you seen like their coverage of, of literally any major fucking world event uh, in, in your lifetime? Because uh, I can fucking believe it. I can very much believe it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's well, just... it was also just the way they defended Hitler, too, was like the, the it wasn't like, oh, whoops, we uh, we didn't see this coming. We didn't have any idea he was this no, was, right. what was going to happen. They literally said his his calls to exterminate Jews is just him, you know, trying to get the country rallied around him. He doesn't really mean it like. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Right. No, I mean, this was at that point where he was already at that, you know, at that point in his political career. And that was still what the New York Times were saying as cover for the fucking buddies that they had. And, you know, the CIA and the State Department who didn't want to do anything at the time about him. So just be like, yeah, well, you know, it's probably no big deal. Um, Technically, didn't have a CIA yet, but we had something that was similar. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I forget what it was called. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually used to know this. I can't remember now, but. 
Um, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, just another name. Another yeah. fucking spook organization full of, you know, the worst people the yeah. imaginable, plotting the worst oh, things imaginable. Speaking um, of CIA and NSA, I just saw the trailer. I told you about this, um, but I just saw the trailer last night for uh, a movie called Reality about reality winner uh, who's going to be played by uh, Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria and other shows. Uh, and it seems like she's trying to be a, 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 a real actress. seems like she's trying to go in that direction um, rather than just uh, show the tits all over the TV. <laughs> uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I've only seen one episode of Euphoria and I didn't really like it that much. I know it's like a lot of people like that show. Uh, not to put it down. I don't think it's for us, like age. I like. I think that's just for like you know, tweens uh, to early twenty something. Yeah, I feel like that a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I was like, wow, they they are really getting some mileage out of her tits in this show. I (laughs) and I even heard that like she wanted to do more topless scenes, but like they were like, okay, we we we've it's enough. We've got it. We've got (laughs) enough. Which is which is really saying something for HBO. But um, (sighs) yeah. Yeah, but the, the weird part to me is like, okay, of course, like she as she's in this these scenes and she's obviously over eighteen, but she's portraying a character who's younger, who's like sixteen. So it's like I'm I'm watching a show and they're showing me what are what I'm supposed to believe are the breasts of a underage girl, basically. Yeah, that's a and that just made me feel kind of weird because I was just like, I don't I feel see. like this is, yeah, like even the movie Kids didn't like have that kind of nudity, you know, or at least I don't remember it being in that. No. Um, but anyway, no, yeah, yeah, I mean, that... it, it looked good. And, and the interesting thing about it, it's based on a stage play um, by the same name, but the interesting thing about it is that uh, apparently every line of dialogue in the film is verbatim transcript from her FBI interrogation. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's it's like every little like, um, and, mm, and like, you know, that, awkward see, pause, uh, is, is included in that, which apparently makes it like really fucking eerie. You know, it I, makes it not feel like you're watching actors from one. No. And, and like, I can appreciate that level of dedication to, to you know, uh, hyper realism, but I also wonder almost as an actor, if that would be like extremely stifling to not be able to add any of your own, like just verbal flair, even if it's, you know, not, not even like ad libbing, but just I think kind of, you know, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, it, there's it, a lot I'm of directors that don't allow any ad libbing at all. Quentin Tarantino doesn't let anyone ad lib. No, but it's like but, you but say the fucking words that I told you to say, but, but there's the difference for sure between ad libbing and like interpretation of a line. And then like, you know, how you use your verbal yeah. mix to sort of, so that'd be interesting to say, actually, I'm like, if it's a, speaking of ad libbing, like really realistic one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I, it, it definitely looked like a glam down for sure. Um, I almost didn't realize I was looking at the same person. Right. But um, speaking of ad libbing lines, I watched the uh, that new uh, mini series on Arnold Schwarzenegger last night on Netflix. And oh, I started like super like right before I went to sleep last night, but it was good yeah. so far. It was I enjoyed it. So yeah, far. they really like gloss over some of the more. Um, awful like, things that he did like the, the the marriage stuff uh or just like groping women left yeah, and right yeah um, well, that was all around the same time wasn't it that wasn't that like his uh his fucking like his nanny i, or I his guess so or some shit it was, I, I, have, I have a vague memory of that time but yes but the thing is like every time they they cut away to like you know talk about something that doesn't involve interviewing him they cut back to you know get his reaction to whatever the the segment is about and they don't do that 
with this. They talk about <laughs> it. They have other people talk about it, but they don't cut back to him to be like, what do you have to say for yourself? So they totally give him a pass as far as like what, what they're doing with the actual interview with him. Well, when it's, when it's that level of participation where it's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger production, I mean, it's very much a hagiography. It's not going to be like a oh, hard course. hitting, of you course. know. And, and I expected um, that. I just didn't think it would be that like painfully that, that, obvious. That much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that was his. His. He said, "You know, I'm not going to answer any direct questions about that." And they were like, "Okay, well, we get to film in your house it, it, and it's, get to see you with your dogs, and that's good enough for us because people are going to watch it." It's funny because even I remember when the trailer for that <coughs> came out, they even kind of highlighted that he would talk about that sort of stuff. But I guess maybe they. When the time actually comes, they sort of, like you said, they sort of. Oh uh, yeah, they 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 glance over it. Yeah, they glanced past it pretty easily. But one one little tidbit that I did not know um, was that the line "I'll be back" was not what it was on the page. <laughs> <laughs> um, and apparently, he changed it on set. And James Cameron was like, "Why?" And he's like, "It it sounds." more creepy this way i forget what the line on the page actually oh was. no no no. so it's 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 more or less what you said it's a little bit so i, I read this uh, yesterday so uh arnold said to cameron uh wouldn't it make more sense for me to say i will be back because that's more proper that's more like the way a robot would talk uh, and Cameron said to him something to the effect of like, what do you think? You're a fucking writer. Why don't you let me write the fucking script and you can say the line, <laughs> something to yeah, that yeah, effect. Yeah. There's some funny thing like yep. that, but um, yeah, it's just funny. Some an iconic line like that, that that's sort of, that's how that was birthed. But well, um, I mean, anytime an actor is trying to think about like, you know, what, what would my character, <laughs> whether human or not human actually do and say and think that's like, that's the, that's the actor you want. Oh yeah, no, for sure. You don't want someone just like, eh, what am I going to, you know, and not that I'm speaking all of them now, cause he's got a lot of health issues, but you know, Bruce Willis, especially later in his career, which just, you know, <laughs> the, the famously would just kind of sit him on at a table in front of a green screen and let him sort of act against nobody and then sub in, you know, someone else later on for the, all those made to DVD movies that he sort of made in later in his mm-hmm. life. Like that's, you know, the polar opposite of what you get with somebody who's engaged in the material and trying to find, you know, even, well, even in a silly character. That's what's so amazing to me about, you know, some of them like recent open world RPG games, um, that the, the, the level, the quality of the voice acting oh, yeah. is getting so really good. I could not get into a lot of video games because the voice acting was would be so corny and so over the top and just bad. And it's it's getting really good now, which is yeah. surprising because none of these people are in the same room and none of the lines are them reacting to each other saying anything. No. Ever. No, it's, right. They're all they're like they're very rarely some, some some people will try to go through the effort at least getting them in the same recording studio so they can sort of act off of each other, but yeah, it, it, it again, never, it's just, it, you know, no. it's, it's very if you rare. Even, if you even have one meeting between the main voice actors of a major video game, that's rare. Like, I, yeah, I remember, no, for sure. Like, I remember um, I, I watched an interview with uh, some of the voice actors from uh, Cyberpunk, and I think only one out of five of them, like the main voice actors, actually got to meet Keanu and like do like a vocal test. So they, they at least knew what the other person's voice sounded like. Uh, everybody else just had to listen to recordings. Yeah. 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 No, I, I actually just played through uh, the new uh, Star Wars game, the Jedi Survivor game. And it's fucking crazy that they don't let the people who write those games write the the movies. 
or every non and or television show. <laughs> um, because honestly, like the, like the actual quality of the story in that and like the, it wasn't as political as Andor, but it was certainly in the same vein and tone and like seriousness right. of, you know, just, just about the pathos of, of the humans that you spend 10 hours with and, you know, very little, like, obviously you're, you know, you fucking run around and slashing up people with, with lightsabers and shit, but a lot of effort was devoted to the story of that, um, to the point where it's only on like two planets. You don't really do any planet hopping. It's like, really basically like said, fuck all the, you know, fancy, like, you know, whatever design, like it looks great, but they didn't spend a lot of time with like, Oh, let's put a bunch of glup shittos in this game. And, you know, have you go to 15 planets, it's like, all right, two planets you never heard of and a great fucking story about a guy who, Oh yeah, sir. With a huge fucking open world game that you might spend hundreds of hours playing to play through every single little side mission and everything. Like you've got dozens of different writers writing all those different little side stories. So it's like they're not being micromanaged by, you know, the fucking suits. Right. They're just like, oh, go write whatever thing. And here's here's what you can't do. But whatever, whatever besides what you say you can't do, we can write anything you want. And 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 whatever you write is going to be in the game. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but this, I mean, legitimately, like, this is the, 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 like, you know, sort of like goofy lightsabers and Jedi equivalent of what they tried to do with Andor, which is just make you actually care about the people. And like, there was Star Wars shit going on. I mean, it's the first right. story of like a Star Wars story I've ever seen where you, it's, it has a character, features a character and, you know, skip ahead anyone who doesn't want Fallen Order or uh, certain Jedi Survivor spoilers, but who basically is like a, a turncoat who like joins the Empire, but you also like have mixed feelings about him even up to the end of the story. And like, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, the sort of sort of the tranquilizing drug of like, you know, uh, this, the safety and security of like, you know, like, well, he's got, it it, it was really well-written and like, you know, that's why he does it to protect his family. He's not just like mustache twirling Mm -hmm. sort of goofy. Um, So you're, you're playing the bad guy basically, but you have uh, some guilt. You're not playing as him. He's a featured character, oh, though, that you gotcha, spend gotcha. a lot of time with, who's like a friend of, you know, it, it, it's it's really a really well uh, told story uh, for sure. Recommend to people who are who are into that. The first game's really good, too, but it's a lot more yeah. just arcadey game. Um, but yeah, anyway, well, um, speaking of bad writers, <laughs> we we did want to mention uh, a a very wealthy very popular what are you talking uh, about she wrote a the most best-selling uh children's books of all time and has never written a fucking good book since (laughs) (laughs) does she still write shit or is oh yeah she still writes shit nobody fucking nobody cares it's it's fucking garbage like she you know stole a a huge chunks of a pretty basic children's story and happened to you know hit the right zeitgeist at the time and has never written anything of of note since so kind of tells you what you need to know about her as a writer i mean at least George R.R. Martin's still writing his football blog. <laughs> George R.R. Martin, by the way, wrote a fucking great vampire book. Like it's it's really weird. Like in the early nineties, this book called Fever Dream. Uh he I I'd I'd be interested to read some of his other shit. because uh, I, I I read that recently. I really enjoyed it. So I'm hmm. curious what else he writes that's uh that's good. But yeah, obviously nothing on the level of uh success wise of Game of Thrones, but yeah. You know. Yeah. So we uh, we we are of course talking about the infamous J.K. Rowling, uh, infamous turf, uh, and I, I don't know why it is like what it. Do you know what it is about like particularly Australia and England that 
is just like it's, it's completely just acceptable it's to be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It's it's like they think that that's a slur. That that's uh, miso- it's misogynistic to call well, someone a turf. That, people in England famously are not great about being held accountable for their actions or their crimes. So, you know, the country I, as a whole, uh, unfortunately, like every single time I see a, a, an actual fucking turf on Twitter, click on the profile and it is the UK or it is Australia. Right. There, there's something going on. <laughs> click here. on their profile and inevitably you'll see the worst food you've ever seen in your life in one of their <laughs> selfies at a restaurant. <laughs> I don't know how a country that has free national health care uh, doesn't cover dental somehow. <laughs> the worst teeth, the worst food. Yeah, no, it's it's just it, fucking. It's hilarious. So she's in the news because uh, Oxfam, the uh, international charity, human rights, I don't know, whatever their front their group thing. for fucking, you know, paying off there. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a video. Let's see. Trying to read my text here. Okay, so yeah, they had a little uh, little PR video, uh, and it was a cartoon of sorts, and, and it was it was there was an image in it depicting um, basically LGBTQIA people uh, as being attacked by these like three giants, and they were supposed to represent like different circles of like oppression, but the one in the middle had a little badge that said turf on it. And looked exactly like J.K. Rowling. (laughs) (laughs) And people were quick to point that out and be outraged by it because they apparently uh, hate trans people and love her books. Um, So she uh, so Oxfam took down the video and put out a press release saying we made a mistake. Our bad. We're sorry about that. So they caved to the turfs. Yep. They fucking caved into the bigotry they claim to be opposing. Yeah, well. You know, that's just it's it, it's so weird um, where the lines get drawn because companies have, you know, the, I haven't seen it as much this year, but the whole like, you know, companies like like, you know, doing the pride version of their logo, like the worst companies in the world that sort of, you know, glom onto that um, will still seemingly draw the line trans people because that's still too much of a third rail for them to like jump all in on for the most part. Um, I, I, I don't I don't understand how this happened. I, I mean. The idea of getting a sex change has been around. That's what since we talked before. I've born. It's born. fucking. Cra- it was never. It was never even like as as offensive to conservatives as just like straight up gays and Republicans. Like it. It almost seems like it. They feel like they lost that battle so thoroughly that they had to move on to this. Like it, it's very bizarre. It, it is, it, and it's really troubling because you know I don't pretend to know what's in the heart of every trans person, but uh, when I see people attacking them, their existence, and threatening their lives, then I go into fucking combat mode. Okay, yeah, like so, just just it, anyone trying to live their fucking life who's not hurting somebody else. Like, what could it possibly do to offend you uh, to, so deeply that you, you that you see the. You know, the, this was there was the, somebody posted this on Twitter and it was this woman who posted this long tirade. I don't know where it was, but it was a a uh, trans man who had a beard who was forced to use the women's bathroom because he was born a woman and a cis woman in the bathroom was horrified and told him to get out. And he said, no, I was born a woman and they're forcing me to use the women's bathroom <laughs> like you wanted that's and, and that's and that's right. the, so so the fucking the the batshit crazy world that they want to force trans people in is now biting them in the ass. 
Well, and and the and the thing is ultimately like what do you sh- what yeah what do you what do you you know say like all right well what bathroom would this person use and you show like an obvious like a just visually obvious you know trans like uh, a male like a trans man and you're like w- should this person be using the women's bathroom like th- their whole idea is like no I just don't want that person to exist like they don't give exactly a, like that's, that's really that's, what it that's is that's really what they're saying at that it's, point it's you just. Know? I don't want to see them. I don't want to be near them. I don't want them in, in my bathroom. It's it's like what what do you? This is I mean this it's, is the this is the Jews in the ghetto. It's like how do we we just got to put them in their own place and then eventually we'll we'll figure out a, a final solution for it. And, um, and it's a lot of fear based response. I mean, obviously, a lot of conservative thinking is fear based, but I, inevitably because people you know that I encounter in life complain about these sorts of things all the time. Like, I don't know what the world's coming to all this stuff like that. Like talking about trans people. I'm just like, the world isn't coming to anything. It's right. been that way forever. Like, it's just, are you, you. going to be okay. Like what, what do you, what do you fucking, <laughs> like, like, what do you want? You're just, you're just getting old and senile and don't understand what the new thing, the kids are into. Right. Or like, is. I don't know what to, but I, it's, I, it's the same thing you were into at that age too. You just don't remember being young. Right. It, <clears> so I, one of my favorite bars, oh, um, uh, back west, one of my favorite bars uh, ever, actually, um, because they had very good alcohol for very cheap, uh, and they would let you drink there till four in the morning sometimes. Nice. Um, they had three bathrooms, three bathrooms, and the first bathroom on the door it said "it," <laughs> and on the next bathroom it said "doesn't," and then the next, the third bathroom said "matter." <laughs> it nice. doesn't matter. Nice, nice. Which is which is exactly what it should be labeled on every fucking bathroom. It right. doesn't matter. It does, you're here to go to, go to the bathroom. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. We're all in the room to do the same thing. Right. Shoot up heroin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Durell on the bathroom sink. <laughs> exactly. uh, no. Yeah. No. I, and, and obviously that's the 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 answer any sane you know non bigoted piece of shit would have. But uh, just people can't fucking yeah. deal with this. It's 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 amazing to me, but. Um, so th- this is just a couple uh, paragraphs here from an article about this um, that said that, you know, so so J.K. Rowling, who's very active on Twitter, um, did she didn't actually tweet anything about this directly, but she liked to post post a post. That's a tweet. always her move. She's a fucking coward. She'll always like or retweet fucking things, but never tweet them directly. Right. That's that's the Elon. That's the Elon there. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She liked a post which read women are fi- are 51 percent of the world. Oxfam, you can't bully us into silence with cartoons. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> and a further tweet that she liked reading, quote, not even a mention of actual gay people. And a misogynistic slur against women, here depicted in the most ugly way as hateful. Oh yeah, no. Uh, J.K. Rowling famously loves the actual gays and le- like the regular gays and lesbians, even though she's part of organizations that are, you know, <laughs> right. complete fucking hate groups. You know that 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 that. So, have, you know. Right. So so much so that she fucking like retconned <laughs> one of her characters as gay after the fact because she forgot to write any of them. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. That's, but so, that's so, great representation. So this person, what, I'll read it again real quick. Not even a mention of actual gay people and a misogynistic slur against women here depicted in a most ugly and hateful way. Turf is not a slur against all women. I don't know if they they're trying to conflate that if you call anyone a turf, you're calling all women turf. Is, is the term? I'm sorry. Is the term racist a slur? Um, are, are you are you saying that like if you're called a racist that somebody's calling you a slur or like it, it's just it's just a preposterous notion. It's literally just saying you're a fucking bigot to call you a turf. 
Um, but the fact that you think it's a slur is, is I think, even more telling of the fact that you just, you know, it's and this goes to the top, too. This isn't just, you know, crazy Karens. So uh, Rishi Sunak supported the removal of the video. He's the prime minister asked about the row. I love this. Asked about the row. <laughs> the the row. prime minister's office spokesman told reporters, quote, I understand they've deleted the video after the concerns that were raised. Obviously, that seems like the right approach. More generally, you'll know uh, what the prime minister uh, said on the issue. And as I think, I think the starting point should be treating people equally on all sides of the debate with fairness and compassion. What debate? The debate of like, should trans people like have human rights? Like, I... should what is <laughs> should, the debate whether you're, you know, being blatantly bigoted? towards certain people marginally people uh should be that that should be a debate we should debate whether that's okay yeah no, absolutely maya forced uh stater a tax expert who won a landmark appeal against an employment tribunal after claiming people cannot change their biological sex said after the video was deleted quote the thing that no one in the chain of command who signed off on this or who saw this internally raised concern or sorry the thing is that nobody in the chain of command who signed off on this initially raised any concerns it's like uh, yeah because why would any normal person have a problem with that like everyone knows jk rowling is a fucking turf and they didn't even call her that it just looks just like her and the fact that they you know look at that and immediately know that that's jk rowling because they know what a fucking turf she is (laughs) right just proves the point even more so the last quote here uh either they from this uh maya ford stater tax expert um I thought that it's like the Guardians just going around like trying to find any random turf to fucking, you know, oh, you're a tax expert and you want a fucking court thing. Okay, you can come get your hate in here, too. Either they didn't see the misogyny, they approved of it, or they were too scared of being labeled a turf to say anything. This is the toxic culture of EDI, which stands for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, that has been built. Yeah, God, we wouldn't want those things. Those, those, that, those are horrible. Why so, would we? so this is this person doesn't just have a problem with trans people; they have a problem with equality, diversity, and inclusion too. Yeah, just across the board. You know, just just overall, uh, can't have that. That's man, just Jesus Christ. Even still, EDI is still like a totally corporate HR department level of understanding of diversity and inclusion too. <laughs> right, that's right. like the lowest bar you could possibly set. And right. even that's a bridge too far for these people. Yeah. So, you know, great, great company you're keeping, J.K. Rowling. Hope hope it uh, works out for you. Oh, and the fucking gosh. prime minister. The fucking prime minister. I mean, that's <laughs> like, I don't even think Boris Johnson was that bad. <laughs> no, no. I, he couldn't fucking pull himself together to even put, put out a coherent statement like that. But yeah, no, he no. Uh, just what a fucking, what a fucking hilarious fiasco <laughs> of a politician, statesman that guy was. Um. Yeah. Who was, who was the one who was right after him? She lasted like three weeks. Oh, f- yeah. She wasn't even around long enough for me to have learned her name. Um. <laughs> yeah. That they was go so through funny. fucking prime ministers. Like, it, I wish we went through of... presidents that quickly. That would be amazing if we just burned through fucking presidents like that. Seriously, I mean, people would say that here that that would be like you know the downfall of America, but it's like you know, like everyone talks about how we may we may get a good are. one eventually it's... if we did that though. You know, like by accident. <laughs> yeah. By fucking osmosis, like oh shit, we we got a good one finally. Let's try to keep him in office for more than if three we months. Just, if we just go through go through enough people, eventually we'll get Vico Mortensen as president, and, there, <laughs> and then we'll just stop and we'll be like, okay, you, you can't die. You have to be there forever now, right? 
Uh, Liz Truss. Oh, that yeah, that was yeah, her name. Was her name? Sounds yeah. like less trust. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh and, and she she was a Tory too, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And they can't. They, can they elect anyone besides a fucking Tory or no, or a, 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 a Tory, Tory calling themselves a Labor? Yeah, member. Yeah, no, unfortunately, no. <laughs> they they even fucking to the point where they would. I guess they were like trying to like, or they did like bar uh, Corbin from running. Even for like a for a you know a member of parliament or whatever this election, which is fucking preposterous. Like, they- uh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, Mike Pompeo said that uh, the U.S. will not allow Jeremy Corbyn to be prime minister. So that's just how it goes. <laughs> not 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 any problem with uh, meddling in our elections, but we'll meddle no. in other people's. No, we'll we'll meddle all we want. Um, <sighs> all right, yeah. So uh, I think we're gonna we're, we're uh, wrapped up, but. Uh, we had, the, I just wanted to mention the Taylor Swift thing. Um, Taylor Swift, uh, probably the most famous musician in the world right now, was in Chicago for three days to close out her Eras tour. Uh, I got to see all the Swifties leaving the concert on Saturday. Um, I, I don't know how many people Soldier Field holds. Over 80,000, oh, yeah, I think. yeah, like a, that's a massive NFL stadium, so probably. Yeah, I mean, if uh, you can fill that stadium three days in a row, uh, you're fucking famous. Ow. You're pretty famous. <laughs> Yeah, and they were sold out. My my buddy, his wife went to the show, and she bought her ticket on the day from a scalping website and paid nine hundred dollars. So the the football games have a capacity of sixty three thousand, but that's like with the field, right? Oh, like nothing on the field. So I can imagine with seats on the field that could be yeah, closer to like eighty, and then three nights in a row, like that's fucking wild. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that was the closing of her tour. That was the the end of it. And immediately after that, uh, apparently she had a month long relationship with some other musician, and she just ended that over the weekend too. So she she was busy. Um, and because she's apparently constantly just burning through uh, relationships, um, the Onion started reposting old articles uh, from 2013 because apparently she's been doing this for a long time. Like she just can't commit to anybody for more than like a couple months to a year. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know this about her, but I think no, it's kind of, kind of funny. She's got um, to keep churning through the, the boyfriends to make more material for her fucking shitty album. Seriously. <laughs> it's like whatever makes her happy and then sad again. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so th- this is, this is, <laughs> so these are all from 2013, but the onion posted all of them in one uh, thread. Um, so first one, Taylor Swift, apparently now dating Garfield creator, Jim Davis, <laughs> Taylor, uh, Taylor and Jim were first spotted canoodling in a Soho bar last night. And we were able to confirm today that the two are indeed an item. Gawker contributor Janice Reynolds wrote, uh, of the relationship between the newly 23 year old singer songwriter and the 67 year old syndicated cartoonist, nicknaming the couple Tavis. <laughs> <laughs> the next one Taylor Swift now dating Senator Joseph McCarthy <laughs> Taylor and tail gunner Joe were seen canoodling at a dinner in his hometown of Appleton and we can confirm that they are officially an item popsugar.com blogger Michelle Lee said of the blossoming romance between the 23 <laughs> year old pop star and the fiery anti-communist crusader nicknaming the couple McSwift <laughs> Next one. Taylor Swift enters alternate universe to date bodybuilding George Harrison. <laughs> Taylor was spotted hand in hand with the former Mr. Universe on Tuesday night as the two entered West Hollywood, uh, the Hest- 
the West Hollywood restaurant uh, Lacuse said U.S. Weekly reporter Rebecca Kelly of the blossoming courtship between the 23-year-old recording artist and her new three-time Olympiad beau from a divergent plane of reality. <laughs> After dating guys like Henry, uh, Harry Styles and Connor Kennedy, Taylor was probably looking for a more muscular hunk like George Harrison. <laughs> Who can blame her for traveling outside the temporal and spatial dimensions of our world to be with him? <laughs> So I, I one two things I didn't like is they didn't have a nickname for the couple in that one, and they didn't use the word canoodling. <laughs> Last one, Taylor Swift and <laughs> Taylor Swift now in long distance relationship with the NASA Curiosity rover. <laughs> oh, Taylor is really serious about curiosity. And even though the distance is tough, she's determined to make the relationship work. Defamer.com writer Katie Jensen said of the 23-year-old country crooner in the six-wheeled automated motor vehicle, nicknaming the couple Trover. That's good. I'm sure the Swifties have a great sense of humor about all these things and are not super self-serious. Like every other fan base of like a super popular artist. I mean, I, I, when I was riding my bike home Saturday night, uh, I, as I'm passing like these huge crowds of fucking teenage kids, um, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of buzzed and I was just like, Hey, whatever, you know, I, I don't, I don't listen to her, but I probably heard her songs before. And, you know, if you like her, great, whatever, I don't have any, you know, I don't, I'm not like one of those, like yeah, uh, one of those people just like, you know, hates people who would like a band that I don't no, like. Right, right, right. It's, it's like, you like it. That's great. What's, what's the harm, you know? Right. Um, and there was a guy, you know, every time I'd like pass like a, you know, or come close to like a small group, I'd be like, Hey, how was the show? And they'd be like, it was fucking awesome. And I'd be like, For awesome. I fucking hate people who like Jet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate fucking parrot heads. I will say that. Um, which we touched on earlier. Dude, there's, there's all vibes. I can't even blame them. I just like, they just really like going to Key West and like, there's a good excuse to like, you know, <sighs> yeah. putting I mean, yourself in that mentality. It's, it's, like I remember being a teenager and I fucking hated the Spice Girls. Oh every, yeah, oh yeah. And every time I'm, sure. I'm, yeah, every time I, I'm sure there's like a, a bit more depth to Taylor Swift than the Spice Girls. Uh, but every time I would, I would fucking hear somebody, you know, usually female, uh, say, "Oh, I love the Spice Girls." I'm like, "Oh, how? Right? How the fuck do you listen to that shit?" But you know, I also yeah, wasn't a big fan. Like, oh, it's catchy. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I listen to it now, and I'm like, oh, I understand why this made money, but. I still don't like it. Or, I mean, like when I was, a, you know, I was a little bit younger than used to like my big thing when I was a teenager was fucking the boy bands, like, you know, the NSYNCs and the Backstreet Boy. And like the music I liked, you know, the Lip Biscuits of the world, it was an M&Ms and shit like that. It was actively like, you know, fuck the fucking Backstreet Boys fucking. It was very much like part of the culture of liking that kind of music was like, you also must hate these boy bands. Uh, so yeah, it's just a different thing when you're a kid or a teenager, that's just what you fucking do is you yeah. hate on whatever's like the most popular with tweens or with you know, girls. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We, we kind of, we, we had like the first few years of the nineties were great with all the grunge. And then, you know, some of that early new metal stuff was great. I mean, I love Rage Against the Machine. I love Deftones. Uh, the first album from Corn and Limp Biscuit were good. And then just, Everything fucking shit the bed very quickly after that, where we had uh, bands like Coal Chamber and Puddle of Mud and P.O.D. and Stained and Lincoln Park. And it was just fucking nothing but just like the worst, the worst aspects of, of masculinity. 
just like crammed down your throat and like the worst fucking recording, you know, and, and they weren't, weren't even good songs either. It wasn't even like, you know. <laughs> oh, God. I, so we were, we were talking about this offline, but you, you watched uh, some kind of monster the other night, right? <laughs> Uh, wait, what was that about? The Metallica documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I I watched it very late, and I was probably pretty buzzed. But I did watch it, and and yeah, it was, I it was great for showing like, again, just like the worst aspects of masculinity and wealth, <laughs> right? Uh, and, this, and just oh self entitlement and the, just, the the scene where where Lars Ulrich goes and sells all his fucking paintings and makes like fifty million dollars. It's just the most fucking hoity toity like. I, you know, just, it, it's just like this, this is metal. Like really this guy, this fucking, you know, seriously. Yeah. Well, I, and, I, and I love when, um, uh, Hetfield has to go to rehab and then like they, he's not in the documentary for a while and he comes back with like a haircut and glasses and he's all like, he's all fucking smug about everything. And he's like, still Clean an asshole, shirt. but he's, he doesn't, he like suddenly doesn't look as big of a dick as Lars does. Oh no. It's so, it's so funny. <laughs> and it's I was so... like, okay, I, I, he did get something out of rehab. He did get something from that process. Right. And, and I, but I love how they're like, you know, they they have like this fucking life coach that they have to work with. And like, they're they're trying to like talk to each other with like using all these fucking like you know keywords they've been taught to use and it sounds completely <laughs> forced you know and you like you know they just want to fucking go at each other's throats but they're they have to do it like super passive aggressively now nobody they, talks like, as funny you, as fucking Lars Hall. like not even just the way his voice sounds but just the fucking way he phrases things are so it's just it's just fucking amazing the way he 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 goes about constructing his sentences in like the douchiest way imaginable using words in the English language, you know? It's, yeah. It's just, I, so I mean, it, it was just it, the, the just completely forced nature of their interactions when they had to do those sessions with the, the, the fucking right. life coach guy. And you like, you know that they they're just seething that they can't just like use the words they want to use right. to say what they want to fucking say. And they have to like cram it into like this pseudo intellectual, uh, you know, approval way that the you know and and then at the end of it they're like we should have just fired that guy a long time ago he cost a ton of money <laughs> right. and he was just like a hanger on and, right. and you could tell he really was because like he they're you know he's not really doing anything to help them you know it's so he's, funny. He's like when he there. like tra- he hands james at one point like a a post-it note when they're all, like writing lyrics like he hands him fucking lyrics to like <laughs> james hetfield just looks at him like what the fuck is fucking wrong I, I, it's just so seriously. fucking funny I, I did like yeah when Lars is like what do you want to play the fucking drums now too <laughs> <laughs> and it almost seems like once they get rid of them when they finally get rid of them like they're better oh no then. brought them back together yeah it was like, <laughs> like shared like, hate Sometimes though, but you know what, honestly, and I've, I've experienced this in my life and like whatever work situations, life situations, sometimes like if you're not vibing with people, you just need like shared hatred of somebody else and that'll bring you closer together. You oh, know? absolutely. I mean, how do you think the cops maintain unity? You know? <laughs> right. They all hate fucking black people. So, you know, it, it, actually every non-white person. So, you know, let's, let's go fucking beat up some Antifa kids. Let's, <laughs> right? Come on, guys. Right. Let's beat up some commies. Let's beat up some leftists, you know, some black yeah, people, I mean, whatever. Chicago's got 12,000 different cops. There's got to be some gradation of worldviews there, <laughs> right? Right. But the one thing they all have in common is that they will they will all love to beat up protesters. I guarantee oh, yeah. it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So I did yeah. see one time. I mean, when we did a whole episode almost on the Battle of Grant Park over that Columbus statue, yeah, where yeah, I got yeah. I got fucking assaulted by three cops and like hundreds of people got beaten, bloodied. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we sent eighteen cops to the hospital, so fucking <laughs> good for us. Uh, but there was one moment during like the chaos when there was a cop who had gotten hit in the head and was bleeding down inside of his head. 
and he's kind of standing off to the side, not kind of dazed, not sure what to do. And he's like pleading with me and this other guy saying like, you know, I, I ain't such a bad guy, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cause he, he got fucking up and he's trying to like rationalize. No, he's like, telling himself, like he's trying to convince himself, like oh, yeah. I'm not that bad of a guy. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you aren't personally a bad guy, but the job you're doing here today of beating people up and also getting beat up, apparently, uh, is not a good thing. I'm sure some of the fucking SS were like went home and were really nice to their wives. Didn't change, you know, what the fuck they were. Oh, representing, yeah. You know, I don't I don't remember the name of it. There's a movie coming out. I think it was at Cannes uh, and it is about a um, German concentration camp guards like personal life outside the camp. Yeah, and apparently it's really good. I'm sure people won't have a super reactionary, like, insane reaction to that movie before they even see it or anything. Well, I mean, he's just, you know, he, they were fighting the Russians, so they're on our side now. So I'm sure it'll go over great with Western that's audiences. True, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, that does it for us this week. But uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to help the show out, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, Facebook.com slash move left. Uh, Patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at bike slide. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Love you. Love you.